Welcome to another episode of B-School, a living case study in aligned action. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, speaker, facilitator, and founder of Inner Workout. B-School is a personal development podcast for collective change. So join me in becoming a student of yourself and the world around you. Let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. You've heard me mention a few times The Big Reset. It's an event that I'm a part of that's hosted by The Financial Diet. It's only $29, but this week I actually have a $10 off code for you. So if you use the code TaylorElise, you can get $10 off this conference that has all kinds of people talking about what it looks like to be well financially, emotionally, all of the things. So if that interests you, head to the show notes. And again, you can use that code TaylorElise for $10 off. Okay, let's get into the show. This week, we are talking about privilege. And my hope is that by the end of this conversation, you start to think about privilege in a little bit different of a way. And I'll start by saying that, yes, I am a Black woman. And also, I acknowledge that I have so, so much privilege, and I'll share some more throughout this episode on the ways that I have privilege, but I want to start by sharing this story. So, I'm the founder of Inner Workout. I'm sure many of you know that, and I spent a lot of last year being in different startup programs and going to startup-related networking events, and I remember the specific event there was this multi, I guess that's not even what I'm looking for, this guy who had founded a bunch of companies. And some did relatively well, some failed. And he's telling us the story. And it's like, I had this company and then it never grew the way that we wanted to. But then I had another idea and then I was able to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for this idea. And then that idea didn't work out all the way. And it just kept being this, like, I had this company, didn't work out, which no harm, no foul, most companies fail. It didn't work out. And then I had this other company, and then I could raise money for it, and I could try this out. And he was able to be an entrepreneur in residence with some really, really wealthy people. And the whole time I sat there listening to the story, and I could feel it from my peers who also were black or other people of color, and even the women of the room just being kind of like, this is not relatable to us. Like, some people, and I'm not looking for funding, but at the time I was open to it, just have to beat down doors to get a bank to give them any type of loan or to even figure out how to meet an investor. And this guy just kept being able to try and fail and have people who were willing to be invested in him. Because a lot of the times we say is because like, because I felt a connection to them or because he reminded me of my younger self or he reminded me about of Mark Zuckerberg or whoever, Jack Dorsey, whatever other startup founder model you have, which ends up being this white male essentially. And so in that conversation, I asked him like, okay, what is your advice for someone like me who maybe doesn't 
know multimillionaires or doesn't have the basic things in common that you might have with these people who are investing in you, what is your advice? And the way that this guy responded, he was just like, well, I think that you should just connect to people's entrepreneurial spirit. Because at the end of the day, we're just all entrepreneurs, right? And we all just want to build things and make the world a better place through entrepreneurship. So just appeal to that. And that response was so tone deaf, in my opinion, of you have this black woman who's a, a young founder and is starting out growing this business. And your response is kind of to invalidate the fact that there are any differences in what you experience. And after that event happened, people came up to me and, and were like, yeah, I was feeling those same things. Like, it didn't feel at all relatable. And you asked that question and the way that he dodged it, it just made me not feel seen or heard or like my experience was being accepted. And when it came down to it, he wasn't acknowledging his privilege as a white male in the tech space. And that's something that I never want to do. I never want to tell my story and in doing so invalidate that anyone else might have a different experience than me. And I talk about this fairly often with Matt, just how as a man, he understands the privileges that he has in this society. And I understand the privileges that I have having gone to a, a top 20 university and the doors that that's been able to open for me. And we're really easily able to say like, these are the things that give us a little bit of an edge. They give us a leg up here. It's not hard, but so much of the conversation that we see around privilege is pushing back and saying, well, I just picked myself up by my bootstraps and you should too. Or if this person would just work a little bit harder, or if they would just do that, then they could benefit just in the same way that I, I could. Which again, it's, it's just not, not true. Like I can see places where I had a disadvantage for being black or being a woman, and I can see other places where I've had advantages. And so what I really want to normalize, instead of getting caught up in this fight of like, does this have person have privilege? Do they not? Blah, 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 blah. I want you to really focus on understanding where your own privilege lies and then letting that inform your actions and how you tell your story. So for me, like I said, after I had that experience of listening to that guy talk, I didn't want to be like that. And I had an opportunity to talk to a bunch of startup founders. And so I was telling my whole story of founding Inner Workout and even before that, just how I've always been entrepreneurial and the different things that I've done. And I had a whole slide in there where I broke down. These are some of the privileges that I had, as well as some of the unfair advantages that I've had. So privileges like being able to go to Vanderbilt, which is a top 20 institution. And that definitely allowed me to enter some doors and get some introductions that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. Being able to go to that university on a full tuition scholarship. And so I was able to graduate without any debt, which is not typical for, for any of my peers. Like that's a whole other conversation about 
the way that we approach education in the United States. But I was able to be largely debt-free. Grew up with two parents, and my mom used to be an English teacher, and both of them were just so dedicated and invested in my education, in pushing me to get internships, even as young as in high school, in making whatever introductions they could for me and exposing me to different things so that I would be ahead of the game. I have privilege in that I am in, am in a heteronormative relationship and I don't have to deal with some of the fears that my peers who are in queer relationships do have to worry about. And also having a partner, that's a whole other story. Like Part of why I'm able to do what I do and have quit my full-time job is because I don't have to worry about paying for insurance. I have a partner who is employed in a nine-to-five job and gets insurance and he can put me on it. And we also have two incomes and we also have, for a variety of reasons, been able to save money so that if for whatever reason, especially in the beginning when money fluctuated a lot more. We always knew that we had a safety net, and we still do. If everything went to pieces, we could go stay with Matt's parents like we are in this pandemic, or we could go stay with my parents. And all of those things are areas of privilege, of educational privilege, of relational privilege, of um, socioeconomic privilege, And I think it's important that whenever you are telling your story, that you are able to note those points of privilege. And the more that you begin to listen to other people's stories, you're more exposed to pieces of privilege. Like so much of what I just shared, I didn't necessarily think about it. Like I even said my privilege was going to a top 20 institution, but to be able to go to college at all and to not have student loans is huge, let alone to have it be a place like Vanderbilt, you know? And so in being able to listen to other stories, you start to understand where you have some privilege. And it could be based on race. That's what we're talking about a lot. But it's not just that. There's the privilege of having English be my first language. There's, yeah, I I don't feel like this whole episode has to be me listing my privileges, but there are just so many things that I have taken for granted and not realized that having parents who were able to navigate the financial aid system for college with me and who understood what I would need to do in order to prepare myself for college, both academically, but to be kind of like competitive, I guess, in the college market, to have people in my life who could support me is huge. Like my grandmother was always such a support to me and supporting me in my schooling. And if there were things that I wanted to do that maybe would be a little bit beyond my parents' budget, she would be able to step in. And my whole family has done that for each other in different ways. And so I invite you to really listen to other people's stories when they're sharing them and understand that that is a reality for that person and that there's probably other people like you. And I guess underlying that really is to realize that you are not the norm. 
I remember one of my past bosses was talking about something and she mentioned like a, a normal, she didn't grow up in like a normal American town because her town had a lot of refugees. And that said a lot about what she thought a normal American should be, which is probably white and focused on a more Western culture. And so you need to start to uncover what you think is normal because those those things that you take for granted and that I've taken for granted for a really long time are often privileges. And the fact that we don't have to think about things or that they haven't been a concern is a privilege. And the knowledge of that is really good, right? Like there is a certain level of personal growth and development that can happen just by starting to recognize your own privilege not just in the racial areas, but in every aspect of your life to understand, man, my experience here was a little bit easier. I had support that helped me get a little bit further ahead. That's big. And that that is work. That is inner work right, right there. But then there's that piece of the action, right? Of what do you actually do once you recognize privilege? And I'm not claiming to be an expert on this. This is just stuff, as always, that's been on my mind and on my heart lately. I do think there's really a lot of power in being able to acknowledge your privilege. I think that it's important that when I'm speaking about building a company and what that's looked like for me, that I am able to share that I had these circumstances that helped me get ahead. And then also I happened to pick up some skills along the way that some of them I didn't even know would come in handy, and yet they did. I think when each of us can acknowledge the pieces of our experience that were beyond our control, we can normalize this conversation around privilege. And it's not downplaying, like, I I do think that I've worked really hard, and I have been able to apply skills and to test and to learn in some really cool ways. And also, I have a lot of privilege that has helped me get to where I am today and to continue to move forward. It's both. So something that you can do with your privilege is just to acknowledge it when you're telling your story, when you are framing your accomplishments, to be able to have this both and. It's not negating that you studied really hard and you prepped for that interview, and you took that risk. It's just also saying, yeah, we had a little bit of a leg up. The other piece is then using that privilege. How can you use the fact that you have the connections that you have, or that you have the background that you have, or that certain types of people may be more comfortable with you than other people? How can you use that privilege to help others who maybe don't have that privilege. And sometimes there's intentional work that you can do with this. You can put yourself in situations, but a lot of times it just happens, right? And that's why it's important that you've done the work of uncovering your privilege, that when you see this, you see these moments, you can say, oh, hey, yeah, this is an opportunity right now for me to use my privilege. So if I'm in an opportunity where I, for whatever reason, can make an introduction, then I can think, okay, who may have not 
had access to this opportunity. Who can I now bring into this bring into this opportunity? Who can I introduce to this person? Or if it's right now that like Matt and I are relatively financially stable right now, how can we use our privilege to help other people? Whether that's donating to different causes or giving money directly to people, <laughs> there's a certain amount of action that you can take, right? And so when I start to view and when you start to view your situation as not necessarily being the norm, you can see how your status as someone who has privilege in a certain area or who isn't um, maybe an outlier in a certain area can then be used to help others. And it gets to this place of really communal thinking rather than just individualism, which is something that I see a lot in myself. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about being an Enneagram 3, but a lot of Enneagram coaches will say that America is a very three country, and that can come with a lot of individualism, where I want to hoard all of the privilege that I have because then I can get ahead and then I can be successful and I can be differentiated from those other people, right? And the work of acknowledging your privilege and using your privilege requires a sense of interdependence rather than just independence. And so there probably is at least one more, if not many more, conversations about what interdependence looks like and how we can start to cultivate that in our own lives. But I know that the more aware that I am of the privileges that I have, I can do things that don't seem like a huge deal for me, but can make a huge difference in someone else's life. And we've all been on the receiving end of that too, right? Like I can think of people who took a chance on me and who went out on a limb and made an introduction or who gave me a platform and I can see the direct results and the ripple effects from those actions. And for them, it might have just been like, oh yeah, I know Jim over here and Jim should know Taylor and not realizing that this could be something that added so, so much value or credibility or whatever the benefit was from that situation. So yeah, start to notice where you have this privilege, but then also consider how you can use it, how it can show up to support other folks. And that requires a little less centering on you and your individual goals and what you have to accomplish and a little bit more looking at, okay, I've got this little bit of extra. I'm a little bit of ahead here. How can I share some of that? It doesn't necessarily mean being a martyr. It just means bringing someone else up to your level, to your level of advantage. So I hope that's some good food for thought. I've just been thinking a lot about my own privilege and how I can do more. And I know other people are having this conversation as well. And I also think it's interesting for me to get to have this conversation because there are certainly privileges that I don't benefit from, right? I don't benefit from white privilege. I don't benefit from male privilege. And yet I still have a lot of it. 
And if I can acknowledge my privilege, then I hope it's inspiration for you to do it as well. Please spend some time starting to notice just your own privileges, the things that you maybe are taking for granted, and then start to spend a little bit of that privilege on other folks. It's hard work, but it's really meaningful work too. So I will leave us on this note. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to screenshot, share it on Instagram or Instagram stories. And I love hearing from you. So feel free to shoot me a DM or an email. I would love to chat. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.